0: This is a quick ride in the black seat. From time to time, when I feel compelled, I'm going to share some thoughts with you. Nothing too long, just what's on my mind from a social, cultural, or political perspective. Let's go. We're going to my former employer's home before a morning meeting at a client's. His wife had laid out a lovely breakfast, so I picked up a bagel and spread the strawberry cream cheese very liberally. I bit into it and immediately started gagging. It wasn't strawberry. It was lox. As we say, I had my mouth all fixed for that, but I got molded. and I still remember that more than 15 years later. And so it is with people for whom melanin is a matter of birth, rather than a matter of consciousness or community. Obviously you can't control what body you were born into, but you can control what you do in that body. In episode two, Troy mentioned a popular phrase among black people. All skin folk ain't kinfolk. Virtually all black folks have been in a situation where you see another black person, especially at work or in other spaces where there aren't many of us, when you get really excited. You feel like you've met a countryman in a foreign land when it turns out that they won't look at you, won't speak to you, won't socialize and don't acknowledge any of the unspoken stressors of being black in the workplace. It is a deflating and depressing experience in a way that I can't even fully express to you. Since I've been in the black seat and have been asking my guests to define blackness, I have also thought a lot more deeply about it. Something occurred to me. There is a difference between being Black and being part of the Black community. The former is just your epidermis in your hair. The latter is a responsibility, a worldview, motivation, inspiration, and so much more. This doesn't mean that Black people can't have differences in thoughts or ideas or habits, because we are allowed to do that. It does mean that you don't actively bring harm to others who share that culture and experience. It is a commitment to love and lift because you know others have not and will not. You do not join in the oppression, period, of those who look like you. A lot of my guests have defined Blackness in terms of a shared culture. Artifacts that get passed down that tie us together a shared sense of love, pride, and struggle, a shared history marked by pain and triumph. When someone ignores that, it is a betrayal to the utmost degree, as Troy mentioned. In a world where we expect folks that don't look like us to be reliably duplicitous, it hurts even more when people who do look like us are the ones actively causing harm. And history has shown that their decisions to be in opposition to the safety of the beloved community has lingering and fatal consequences. In 1822, an enslaved man by the name of Devaney was convinced by a free man named Pencel to tell his master that a rebellion was being planned in South Carolina. Denmark Vesey was a free man who was concerned with the plight of people who looked like him and led the careful and detailed planning along with several other skilled Black men. In the end, when the plan was exposed, 130 Black folks and four white people were charged, and 37 were hanged, including Denmark Vesey. In Chicago, over 150 years later, 40-year-old William O'Neill would run into traffic in the westbound lanes of the Eisenhower Expressway at 2.30 a.m., killing himself. He was haunted by the murder of activist and organizer Fred Hampton four years earlier. O'Neill was the informant who gave the FBI the floor plan of Hampton's apartment in exchange for leniency in his own crimes. By trying to save his own skin, he created havoc and discord in the movement. There was no bringing back Fred Hampton. I believe the infection of white supremacy in all areas of American life causes intense self hate and loathing and blinds some people with black skin from seeing other black folks as brothers and sisters to be protected, not given up for the lure of individual gain. So, when Daniel Cameron upholds the police state that continues to oppress and kill us, all the while proclaiming that he is black, the betrayal makes us question his definition of blackness. What is owed to each other when we say that we are black? What are the ramifications of hurting other people who look like you and defending the systems that do the same? What are you prepared to do in order to defend any and all attacks against us? I personally don't think blackness has ever been about the individual. It's always, always, always always about the community. The Bible says faith and hope and love last on these three, but the greatest of these is love. Daniel Cameron may have melanin and know cognitively that he is black, but he has no love in any sense of the word. He is missing out on the greatest expression of blackness, and that is another tragedy.